0: Praise God. Amen. Peace. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to be talking about the peace of God today. And then we're going to dive right into the word of God this morning. We've been started this series. Today is our third Sunday on it called Peeled, or Discovering What's Under Our Skin. And hopefully uh, when it all ends up being revealed, it's the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, and a bunch of other ones, such as kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and so forth. And so we are looking into the Word of God and purposing to allow the Holy Spirit of God to develop these uh, gifts within us. As I mentioned last week, I think Pastor Rodney also mentioned on the first week when we introduced this particular series, that the love of God has been deposited into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We find out in Romans chapter 5 that His love has been deposited. Everyone say, Has been. So it's a present reality. It's a current reality that God's love is in your heart as a a child of God. And that means that the fruit of the Spirit is within you. Because within the the love of God, we have joy, we have peace, we have gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, and so forth. And so the idea is not that, well, I'm not a patient person, I'm not a peaceful person, I'm not a joyful person, or I'm not a kind person, we can't camp out there and, and, and claim that about ourselves as excuses for not being loving and kind and faithful and patient because it all has been deposited within us and it's, it's incumbent upon us as individuals and collectively as the body of Christ to grow and to develop the seed of the fruit of the spirit that is within us. So I want to read from Romans chapter 12 this morning. I want to invite you to follow along. I'm going to begin reading at verse 9 going to read uh, several verses, probably all the way through verse 18, and then we'll get right back into uh, how we can be developing the fruit of the Spirit known as the peace of God, looking discovering the source of God's peace, then also discovering the, uh, defining it, and then also the application of it. So the source of it, defining it, and then the application of it in our lives. So beginning in Romans chapter 9, it says, Don't just pretend to love others. We could use that for a sermon title right there. Don't just pretend to love others. Don't just be smiling and, and, and make, putting on a, a good front. But on the inside, you, 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 know, you have absolutely no time for the person. So we better keep reading here. I won't get done. <laughs> I have one sentence down already. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight. In honoring each other, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Verse 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. The love of God. Is the guiding principle in our Christian relationships, not only with fellow believers as we read here in verses 9 through 13, but we'll also notice in verses 14 through 21 we, uh, that the love of God is to be the guiding principle also in our relationship with those that we may want to consider our enemies. Notice in verse 14, it says, bless those who persecute you, don't curse them, but pray that God will bless them. And then uh, verse 17, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that that everyone can see you are honorable. And verse 18 again, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone so we have a, a responsibility in developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The tragic reality among uh, Christianity is how few believers who actually enjoy worshiping God, they enjoy praying and participating in, in, in the kingdom work, in the local church, uh, participating in Bible study or even uh, small group experiences, whatever the case may be. It's, it's, uh, it, it's uh, <clears throat> tragic to, to see how few of us really experience and exhibit the various fruit of the spirit if there's a an attitude of the world against the church i'm sure you've heard it before in your endeavor to witness or some of your family members is that well they're just a bunch of hypocrites they go to church, they smile at church, but you know, they're my neighbors or they're my co workers or they're a friend of a friend, and, and this is what they're really like. And friends, it really should not be like that. Christianity is to be for real, it's the real deal. To have the love of God in our heart is the real deal, and, and to live a life of love and joy and peace. And gentleness and kindness and self control is to be a current reality in our lives. It's not to be circumstantial. That was really good preaching, Pastor Ray. You just keep right on preaching. (laughs) Thank you. I think I will. It's not to be circumstantial. Your Christianity is not just something that, you know, it's not just to be something that's convenient when you want it to be convenient, but it's to be a current reality in our lives, and we are instructed to do all that we can to live in peace with everyone. So have we been doing all that we can to live in peace with everyone or do we have our favorites that we can live in peace with or that we endeavor to live in peace with and some others? Well, we really don't care. We really don't care to live in peace with them. Matter of fact, I don't want to live in peace with them. I don't like them. I don't like the way they think. I don't like the way they act. I don't like what they believe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's not biblical. That is not God's way of loving. That is not the love of God. And we need to be examples of the love of God and recognizing that his love was deposited into our heart for a reason. And that is so that we could re-present him to a lost and dying world. Represent him, re-present him to a lost and dying world. And we're only going to do that as we develop in the love of God and have the fruit of the Spirit permeating from our lives and coming to a relationship with Jesus Christ and accepting what he has done for us at Calvary's cross and just really believing that, yes, his love is within me, his peace is within me, his joy is within me, his gentleness, his kindness, his patience, and and, and self-control. It's all within me, and I am developing it. So let's take just a few moments and talk about um, this peace that's in our hearts in the love of God. And when you read through the Old Testament, the Old Testament word that's translated as peace comes from a a Hebrew word, shalom, which means wholeness, completeness. It means security. Sometimes it means absence of war, but it can mean security. But it also means the well-being of the total person, spirit, soul, and mind, spirit, soul, and body. The well-being of the whole person. If you have a conversation, as Pastor Rodney says, our world-renowned Jeffrey D. Miller, when you have a conversation with him, you say, okay, it's nice talking to you. God bless you. He will respond, shalom. Shalom. He just does it. And you hear it every time you have a conversation with him. So that's probably why he's world-renowned, other than the fact that Rodney said so. (laughs) Amen. So New Testament... The Old Testament peace, again, is that wholeness, completeness, security, well-being of of your whole being. New Testament peace is a comprehensive term for salvation. It's a comprehensive term uh, that means to to be at peace with God. You have accepted Christ as Savior. There's no more animosity between you and God. By the way, just a a little side note here. It's not really a side note, but uh, God is at peace with you. Through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ established peace between God and humanity when he died at Calvary's cross. When he entered into that covenant relationship with God, he entered into a covenant, and God is at peace with you. Jesus tore down that wall of animosity. And so know that God's at peace with you. Get that settled in your heart and in your mind, and that will go a long way in you being able to establish and doing all that is within you to live at peace with one another. So the New Testament term, uh, salvation, life with God. Again, it's not merely an absence of conflict. Some people think of peace as absence of conflict or they think of peace of, of everything just being right, the mood just being right. You know, it's Christmas Eve, all is well, all is peaceful, all is joyful. Uh, it, you know, we, we try to put on that decor. And so it's not merely an absence of, of, of war or conflict, but peace is, it sh- is to be a reality in our lives, even in the middle of conflict. Even in the middle of conflict, in the midst of difficult relationships, peace should be a dominating stability in our lives and that we are doing all that we can to live at peace, even in difficult circumstances. Peace also refers to an inner tranquility to those who have their trust in almighty God. So the peace of God, it's a, it's a wonderful gift and to know that God is for you and that he is not against you. And so uh, our source of peace, our source of peace is God himself through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. God gives us his peace. In Romans 15, 33, it's the God who gives us peace. In Ephesians, the apostle Paul writes that the gospel is a gospel of Peace. A gospel of peace. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about the mind that's set on, 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 the, on God. The mindset of the spirit is life and peace. It's, and Philippians 4, 7 talks about the peace of God that guards our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that the apostle Paul summarizes the gospel of Jesus Christ by saying that he, Christ, is our peace. Everyone say this, say Christ is my peace. So Christ is our peace. It's not circumstantial. It's a reality. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Get beyond that thinking that everything has to be in alignment in your natural world. It's nice when things are in alignment. It's really nice when things line up. But even while things are in the process of coming into alignment, I am experiencing the person of peace. It's the person of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, why don't you look that up and read that along with me? John 14 and 27, where Jesus made this statement. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I love that. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Now, do you believe that Jesus is true to his word? Four of you believe it. All right. We're going to have an awesome altar call here today. We're going to have a great response to salvation. Do you believe that Jesus is true to his word? Yes. Amen. And he declared that he has left us a gift and it's the gift of peace. And as he said, it's a gift unlike the world could make available to you. And because I have given you this gift, it's unlike anything the world can offer you. The world has all its, uh, it, it's uh, simulations. It has all its, uh, all its efforts to bring about peace, whether, um, whatever it may be. Uh, but it's nothing. It, it's beyond anything that the world could offer you. And because of this incredible Gift of peace. God is at peace with you. He is no longer hostile toward you. He is not angry toward you. He is at peace with you because of Jesus Christ. And because of this wonderful gift of the peace of God in your heart, no longer allow yourself to be troubled or to be afraid. That was a slow pitch. And you missed an opportunity there to say, amen. amen. No longer allow yourself to be troubled or to be afraid because of the gift of, G- of, of, of the peace of God that Jesus has left you and me as his covenant children. Amen. No longer let yourself be troubled or to be afraid. The Amplified version of that reads similar to that, but then it ends with this. It says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Stop it. What are you agitated about? What are you disturbed about? Well, we have our reasons. We have our reasons for being agitated. We have our reasons for being disturbed. You know, usually it's something like this It's not going my way. It's not going my way. <laughs> Stop being agitated. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed and draw on the love of God that's in your heart. And in that love that's in your heart it's the fruit of the the joy of the Lord and the peace of Almighty God that has been made available to you. Made available to you. So thank God for the peace of God. Uh, The the Apostle Paul speaks so much about it throughout the, the letters that he wrote to the churches. I just want to encourage you to really... Settle yourself into believing that the love of God has been deposited into your heart by the Holy Spirit, that the gospel is a gospel of peace, a mind that's set on him is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a life is a spirit of life and peace, that mindset and so the peace of God guards your heart, guards your mind and just really believe everything that is in there is for you. So we have the peace of God defined. We have the source of it as being, uh, as being God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Now, let's talk about the application of it just for a little bit. Back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 it says, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Do all that you can. You know, there may be times when all efforts towards peace Fail. That can be a reality. But what's our responsibility is to make sure that when things break down, that it's not our fault. It's not the believer's fault. The believer has done everything possible. Everything possible. Do all that you can to live at peace. Well, I'm not going to go there. I'm not willing to do that. Really? Really? Why not? Because I've been there and I've done that. And I've been hurt. Well, we've all been there and done that. We've all been hurt. We've all been disappointed. But we need to recognize and to realize that we are here to represent God on the earth. You are a representative of God the Father. God is a God of peace, therefore, I am a person of peace, great peace. So, do everything that you can. You know, I may not always agree with you, and that's all right. And you may not always agree with me, and that's perfectly okay. But we can grow to a place in the love of God and developing the fruit of the Spirit that even though I'm not agreeing with you and you are not agreeing with me, we can still be in relationship together. We can still enjoy one another's company. We can still worship together. Like I said, we can still (laughs) worship together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do all that you can. Do all that you can to live at peace with those that agree with you, those that think like you, those that talk like you, that dress like you, that look like you, their skin's the same color as yours, they vote like you. We're in. We can hang out together. You know, that's a false perception to think that people would just think like me and like the things that I like and so forth, that it would be wonderful. You know what it would be? Absolutely boring. (laughs) Absolutely boring. And there are groups of people and there are collections of people called local churches that they emphasize that we need to be in agreement. We need to be this and we need to be that. And, you know, we we are in agreement that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. We're in agreement that the word of God is true, but there is great diversity. There is great diversity in the word of God. And the Bible teaches unity in, in the middle of diversity. Just look at all the gifts of the spirit. Just look at all the different uh, ministry gifts that God has placed in the body of Christ. And just look at all the different Bible characters that God has used when you read throughout the scriptures. And God is a very diverse God. And we need to learn to celebrate diversity and to celebrate diversity in its truest form and to appreciate that Christ is Lord. We have so much in common. We have so much to talk about. We have so much to celebrate. And we can forget about all the other little minute things that we want to pick up on and and. and, and and finally come to a place where you think, you know what? We just need to separate them because we can't agree. Really? Do you realize that we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and because we have accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, the end game, so to speak, is for eternity in heaven. And we're really going to separate ourselves from one another now because I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. And knowing that in some time in the future, we're going to be together for eternity. (laughs) I hope we do a better job there than we're doing here. (laughs) We will. But we can apply we can apply Christianity, and we are to be applying Christianity here and now. So let's stop playing the little games. Let's stop with our little pet peeves, and let's, let's grow up, and let's mature, and let's have the fruit of the Spirit be developing in our hearts and in our minds. Turn with me to uh, Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 12 through 15. Colossians chapter 3 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourself with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. That'll go a long way in living at peace with one another. Make allowance for, for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Everyone understand verse 13, or do we need to spend a little bit more time on it? More time on it. Okay, here we go. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. (laughs) Now we're talking about peaceful relationships. Now we're talking about, hey, we can get along. I can make an allowance for your faults. You make allowance for my purity and my perfection. (laughs) Everything will be just fine. Right? No, one another's faults. I have faults. You have faults. We are to be faithful. It doesn't say we are to be faultless. Faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. So as people that we do have some faults, but we purpose to grow in faithfulness. Getting into a different fruit here, but anyway. Make an allowance for each other's faults, Forgiving anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, close yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. That's peaceful. Perfect harmony. Harmony. Verse 15, and let the peace, and we say, let the peace that comes from Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Letting the peace, letting the peace that comes from Christ. The, the idea that says, and, and let it, or some of your translation may say, allow it. You have an opportunity. You have a wonderful responsibility and an opportunity to make a decision. Everyone say, it's a decision. decision. In the middle of conflict, in the middle of turmoil, I can make a decision to allow myself to be agitated and disturbed, or I can allow, or I can let the peace that comes from Christ rule in this situation. The word rule comes from the the, the root word from the the Greek language is also where we get our word today for umpire. You think of an umpire, you know, the home base, behind home plate, calling the strikes and the balls, the the umpires in any athletic endeavor. What are they doing? They're calling things according to the rules, within the bounds of the rules. There's a strike zone and he's calling it. It's It's either in the strike zone or it's out of the strike zone. So in umpiring, umpiring, allowing the peace of God to umpire my thought processes, it's either acceptable or it's not acceptable. It's either godly or it's ungodly. And I have a choice to make and I can allow the peace of God to rule and to reign or I can choose to not allow it to rule and to reign. And you can allow it to rule and to reign. And, and here's the key. It's what I want you to, to practice. We all need to continue to practice this. is that make the decision to allow the peace of God to rule and to reign in the middle of the conflict, in the middle of that feeling agitated and disturbed right in the middle of that season and not thinking that you have to wait till everything gets resolved, everything comes into alignment to your liking, to your preference, but rather in the middle of it, I am choosing the peace of God. I don't need to win this argument. I don't need to have it to go exactly my way. I don't need to have it go anywhere close to my way. I am choosing the peace of God because it's within me and I am choosing to allow God's peace to rule in my life. Heart. Let the peace that comes from Christ know that it comes from Christ and not, it does not come from circumstances being in perfect alignment. It comes from Christ. Let it rule. Let it umpire in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. You are called to this. It's your Christian responsibility to live at peace and to do everything that you can to live at peace with all people, Christian and non-Christian. You do what you can do so that God can do the thing that he does best, because when we are living at peace with all people, we are representing him very well, and when we represent him very well, that makes him appealing to those that do not yet know him, and it opens the door of opportunity to share the good Good news of the gospel, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Romans 15 and verse 13. It's a prayer that it's recorded here. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Now, listen to this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with what? Joy and peace because you trust him. Do you trust him this morning? You are people that are born again children of God. You have put your trust in him. The prayer is that God would fill you. He's the source of hope. He's also the source of joy and peace. And because we trust in him, he fills us completely. Then, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You will overflow with confident hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's also written in in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, I believe it is, that we, uh, that, uh, we have been justified by faith. We have justified by faith, therefore we have peace with God. Therefore we have peace. Justified, meaning Jesus Christ went to the cross, paid the penalty for all of our sin, for all of our wrongdoing, and because he paid that penalty, God is at peace with us, and we can now be at peace with him through through receiving what Jesus Christ has done for us at Calvary's cross. And it's the Apostle Paul, this, this prayer, I believe, is the writer here of to this, the letter to the church at Rome. He said that I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. That's our prayer for all those, us born-again children of God, that we would be filled to the fullness with joy and and with peace because we are trusting in him. You say, you might be here this morning saying, Pastor Ray, I understand that you're talking to to Christians, those that come together on a regular basis to worship him. I happen to be here today and I haven't put my trust in him. When we have that opportunity for you to put your trust in him, the Bible teaches us, like I mentioned just a moment ago, that, that we have been... Justified, which means that we have been made right with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We believe that, but we have to take it one step, further, and that means you believe it in our, heart, in, your, in our hearts, but we also accept that and we confess it with our mouth that we believe that and we accept that and we invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives and, and to bring about that reconciliation that ends up being at peace with God no more no more turmoil, no more anxiousness, no more of, of being afraid of God, but really experiencing the peace of God, equipping us to be at peace with one another. So if you never made that commitment this morning, we want to invite you to make that commitment. For those of you that are worshiping together with us online, you're, you're viewing this and you're hearing this, we want to invite you as well. Perhaps you have never made a personal commitment to receive the peace of God into your life. We call it the salvation of God or the peace of God, the love of God coming into your heart, surrendering and putting your trust in Him and making Him the Lord of your life. You too can receive the peace of God as you pray this prayer this morning. So let's pray together. Why don't you all stand up and let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank You this morning that You are the source of hope. And I'm asking You this morning to fill me completely with your saving grace. Fill me completely with your joy and peace because I trust in you with all my heart. I confess you today as my Lord and my Savior, my source of confident joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord for new life in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you're here with us today in this auditorium, we want to invite you to make sure you stop by the Connection Center if you prayed this prayer for your first time. Those of you watching us online, make sure you connect with us online, and we'd love to follow up. We'd love to hear from you as well. God bless you. We're going to... uh, Share this song with you as a blessing as you go out today. Receive the peace of God that surpasses all understanding into your life. Don't try to do it alone. Draw on the grace and on the wisdom and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He will certainly fill you with a peace that surpasses all comprehension, all understanding. It's beyond what we can imagine. Receive it from God today. God bless you. We love you and have an awesome rest of the day and and just a wonderful, grace-filled week. Love you a lot. God bless.